0: Church. How are you doing? It's always so good to be in the house of God, especially on a mother's day. I hope you said hello to your mom. I had a special surprise for my wife. I said to her, honey, I book you in for a conference in Germany and they will cook for you. They will host you and you have an amazing day. How cool is that, right? And she is happy. I hope so. Yes. Last Sunday, we started a brand new series about uh, Grande Fiesta, about a Jewish uh, festival in in the fall. And the topic tonight is reconciliation, Yom Kippur. I want to talk about Yom Kippur. And before I go into the message, I want to start with a little bit like what's going on in the world. Because at the moment, I'm realizing that a lot of people... They are a little bit afraid what's going on in the world because the world is very shaky at the moment. Financially, politically, that a lot of things are going on and people are really afraid, especially in Switzerland because we are a very small, secure nation. Nothing happened before. I want to go through some facts what happened the last two years in Europe. About two years ago there was a terroristic terroristic attack in Paris. About 130 people died and it was an amazing shock. How can this be very close from Switzerland? Only some months later there was a bomb attacking in Belgium at the airport. People were on the way for vacation and more than 39 people were killed. There were a truck attack in Nice. It's like a new level. People were shocked because it's a very beautiful area in, in France. About 86 people died. Then there was an attack with um, a truck in, in Berlin, in, in the Christmas season, 12 people died as well. And especially some weeks ago, it was a, no, a new level, there were a bomb attacking in a bus of the German team of Borussia Dortmund and they had to cancel a Champions League game that night and the whole sport world were shocked because there were a guy, he had in mind to kill a whole soccer team. And a lot of Christians ask me, Leo, what should we do? We're living here in Switzerland. It's not safe anymore. And where is God in all of that? Where is the interaction of God Almighty? And some people, a lot of people, we are in tension. We are afraid. And you have to understand that this setting may maybe for us is something new. But for the people of God, it was normal. Because they were attacked around different nations. They were against them. And God has an amazing way to encourage the people of God. God has an amazing way to encourage you and me as well. And we read an encouragement in Joel chapter 2, verse 30 and 31. God is saying, when you're going to a rough season in your life, I will give you an illustration and you will never forget. Here, God is saying, I will show powerful works in the heavens and on the earth, like blood and fire And clouds of smoke. The sun will turn dark and the moon will turn to blood before the day of the Lord. His coming will be great and troubled day. God is saying I will paint a red moon on the heavens. If you see the red moon it's like a sign for everybody. God is still under control. About two years ago there was a super blood moon and there was, uh, you could see this as well from Zurich. And I, 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 this is a picture from Zurich, like from the lake. You see in the heavens a, a red point. This was the super blood moon. For everybody, it was like, oh wow, it's amazing. But the same moon, the people of God were able to see it in Israel. And that's the view for the Jewish people. A huge, gigantic red super moon in the feast of tabernacle where all the people came together they saw the super red blue red moon and for them it was a sign God is saying to them the world will be shaky the world is really dark but in the end of the day God is gives a sign to the people of God I'm still under control nobody and nothing can be against me or us And that moon, about two years ago, it's for the local church, for the body of Christ, for you and me as well, significantly, because it's the signs of God. Nobody can ever stop signs and miracles of God. Here are the three pilgrimage feasts in the Bible. I want to give you an overview that you know a little bit what I'm talking about. There were the Passover festival, the Suvot, and the Sukkot festival. The Sukkot is split in three parts, Rosh Hosh Hashanah, and especially Yom Kippur. This is the topic of today, and next Sunday we will talk about the Feast of Tabernacle. And before I go into Yom Kippur, I record a clip. I want to explain to you in the clip what is Yom Kippur all about, and then we go into the message. What is the meaning for Yom Kippur for you and me? Here is... The clip. Oh, yeah. Yom Kippur. Das ist der Versöhnungstag. Das Volk von Gott hat zehn Tage Buße getan, zehn Tage Reue gezeigt, zehn Tage in sich gekehrt mit der Frage: Gibt es Menschen, wo ich mich versöhne, auch vergeben sollte? Wie ist meine Freundschaft zu Gott? Warum tue ich Dinge, die ich tue jetzt? Sie haben gesagt, wir wollen alles tun, um an diesem Tag einfach Gott zu bitten, dass er unsere Fehler und Sünden nochmals ein Jahr überdeckt. An dem Tag durfte niemand arbeiten. Man hat gefastet. Man wusste, das Schicksal heute liegt in den Händen Gottes. Wird Gott uns nochmals ein Jahr unsere Fehl und Sünden überdecken? Das war die spannende Frage. An diesem Tag nahm der Hohe Priester zwei Ziegenböcke und es wurde gelost, welcher von ihnen wird geopfert werden und welcher wird der Sündenbock sein. So nahm er diesen einen Ziegenbock in den Tempel und hat ihn gemäß der Anweisung Gottes geopfert. Das Volk war mega angespannt, war mega nervös, denn sie wussten, wenn der Hohe Priester lebendig rauskommt, ja dann hat Gott unsere Fehler, unsere Sünden für ein ganzes Jahr vergeben, überdeckt. Und das war ein Freudenmoment. Da hat der Priester seine Handy auf den zweiten Bock gelegt und gesagt, du bist unser Sündenbock, alle unsere Fehler und alle unsere Sünden legen wir auf dich. Und man stieß ihn in die Wüste, symbolisch er nimmt die Sünden hinweg, auf eine Klippe und da hat man ihn runtergeworfen und das Volk wusste an diesem Tag zwei Dinge. Erstens der Sündenbock hat unsere Fehler hinausgetragen in die Wüste, ist nicht mehr ein Teil von unserer Gemeinschaft. Und der eine Bock, der geschlachtet wurde, bedeutet, Gott hat unsere Fehler und Sünden überdeckt darum. Yom Kippur, der Versöhnungstag Gottes mit uns Menschen. So that's the meaning of Yom Kippur, from the Rosh Hashanah uh, festival to Yom Kippur, it's a time lapse of 10 days. In that 10 days, the people of God ask themselves an amazing, profound questions: I am still in peace with God? Are there certain people in my life I struggle? They have disappointed me. I should forgive? And I ask just a question to myself: Do I have in my own calendar, in my own agenda, 10 days? Where I reflecting every year in my own personal life. I want to ask you the same question. Do you have 10 days in your agenda where you just ask profound questions about relationship to God, with God, and with certain people? And the people of God, it was, it has, they had to come to the festival. And I just I stopped for a moment because I like to ask some questions because when you hear the fact, please come to a, the party, we just stop thinking. We have the image, ah, oh, it's like three people, you put them in a car, you take like a barbecue and then you drive to a certain city and then you spend time with God. Here are some facts and gigantic dimensions of the feast. There were an entire, entire country on the way. Five million people on the way to Jerusalem. This is like a big traffic jam, Right? Tremendous logistical challenges. For example, I, when I, I'm on a vacation drive with the car, I have two boys and, and my wife and myself. After 10 minutes, daddy, please stop. I have to go to the restroom. Here are questions. Where is a restroom for five million people? Especially for the ladies. You don't like to line, line up, you right. For, for us, man, we can peel over. But for ladies, it's a challenge, right? You're not alone. Five other million people are there. Economical factors are not be underestimated. For example, we're saying the people of God, they have given 10% to the temple, the ties, But they say they use another 20% of the income to pay the feast, the party, to move there, to go there. They stop the company, everything. They need another 20% just to pay these feasts. Another thing is a huge tent cities around Jerusalem. Can you imagine five million people spending in a tent? And the question was, where is my campground? You could not just camp where you want. This was a huge logistic programming. In the plateau of Jerusalem, there were approximately about 400,000 people. If, you're not, if you don't like to be surrounded with people, this feast will be a nightmare for you. Then the stench of extreme smell of the slaughtering of tens of thousands of animals. It's thank you. Can you imagine? They, 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 they have offered so many animals to God. They were killing so much. It was amazing. There are 200 chief priests, 7,700 ordinary priests, 9,600 Levites, in the whole service in the temple, there are approximately 70,000 people were leading and guiding this party. We have in our church maybe 10 pastors for a huge, amazing, multi-sized church. 17,000 leading people. Who! Amazing. At the time of Jesus, Jerusalem was the center of the Israel spiritual life for more than thousands of years. When God is saying three times a year, come to the feast, it's an amazing programming of God Almighty. And the programming was so big that behind the feast was an amazing message. What was the message about Yom Kippur? Two things. First, point number one, recognize. Recognize in your own personal life your areas where you're struggling, the issues, maybe you have some challenges, just recognize where I'm lacking, where I need the grace of God. Here is the thing, a lot of people think, okay, the moment when I understood Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, then that point is solved. Recognition, it's a never-ending story. Recognition just means we all have some areas where we can increase, where we can change, where we can develop. I had, in some month ago, had an amazing idea. I thought it's amazing. I said to my wife, honey, what do you think when you're just sitting down and we ask three simple questions. The question number one is, write down the three strengths about me. What do you see? are my three strengths, my three sweet spots. And please write down three weaknesses. It's like a nightmare for you. Three things where you say, please stop, doing it. I don't like it. I thought it's a simple and amazing idea. Then we we were in an amazing uh, place and then I wrote down some amazing qualities of my wife. It took me a little bit of while to figure out three things. If you are married long enough, it's, in the beginning it's easy. After a while you have to find, search, ask, seek on the knees, card. Just kidding. You know what I mean? Uh, but writing down three areas where she's weak, easy. It took me seconds. I wrote down and down and down and down. But the same thing was with my wife. And I said, honey, do, do you want to start? And she says, yeah, well, I, want to lo- I would love to start. And she started with three amazing compliments about me. And everything she said was true. I said, praise the Lord. You speak the truth. And the truth will set you free. <laughs> but then I know, I know, I know. Then came a moment where she started to speak about three areas where it's a nightmare for her. And here's the thing. Three negative areas. Just this sentence I don't like, because the word negative, it's too negative for me. She said the three things I, I don't like. it. Point number one is when we have a conversation, you always interrupt the conversation and you start to talk. I say, no, that's not a weakness, that's a strength. Because I know already where your sentence will end. Honey, I save time. Then she said, that's the point number two, I hate it. You can turn every story, it works for you in the end. No, that's a strength too, because I see always the potential. And here's the thing. She said, you know, what I really don't like is about the fact, you, you don't like it. If I speak to you, if I point things, everything in life, you don't like it. And then I said for a moment, yeah, that's right. This is actually a problem in my life recognition. I don't like to recognize certain things I should change. And I think this could be maybe it's maybe an image for your own life. There's certain things in your life God is talking to you but he turned this always around uh, into strength. Recognition means I have some areas and God is putting a mirror in front of me and say, Leo, Pastor Leo, here are some things you can increase, you can change. Change starts the moment when you're recognizing areas where you need help for sure. Madame Curie, uh, she's a French lady, Madame Guerie, I don't know how you spell Curie. she discovered radioactivity. And the, the, the fun, funny thing about the story that she, uh, Um, discovered radioactivity was every night she took the radioactive pores with her hand back home. She had no clue that this pore will kill her life. Has an effect on her health. And then she died very, very soon. When we talk about radioactivity, you cannot see the radioactivity, right? But you can see the fruit, you can see the energy. When the they dropped the bomb of Hiroshima, the nuclear bomb. You can feel the energy. You could see the demolition. But you cannot see radioactivity. But some years later, all the animals, that were born, they were deformed. There were some chicken with two heads. And this is the image for my own life. We have certain areas. You cannot see the sin immediately. But you can see the fruit. Just check the fruit of your own life, the fruit about marriage, the fruit about relationship with God, and also with your inner peace. I learned in the Catholic Church in in the early years of my life a very, very profound prayer from Brother Klaus. And that's one of my favorite prayers for all the years in my life. My Lord and my God, take everything from me that keeps me from you recognition, just let me recognize all the areas in my life where I can increase. Holy Spirit, give me a revelation. Yom Kippur starts, give me a revelation about the areas where I need forgiveness, where I need a restart. My Lord and my God, give me everything that brings me closer to you. My Lord and my God, take me away from myself and give me completely to you. Yom Kippur starts with the first prayer to God, Holy Spirit, give me a revelation about those areas where I can increase. Point number two is confess. Confess is always something negative usually in the church, but confession means for me, God, I am weak. Make me strong. I have some obstacles, give me a breakthrough. I have some areas in my life I need signs and miracles. Confession means, God, I am weak. I need your power. I need your healing. I need a breakthrough. God, I cry out to you. I am so weak, and your power is endless, never, ever changing. It's actually a year, a day of recognition. I celebrate to my God in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9 and 10. You see both. People of God, start to cry because they have all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opens their eyes. But then Ezra says to them, this is actually a day of joy. Then Nehemiah the governor and Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructioning the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people has been weeping as they listen to the words of the law. When the law gives revelation, we always have a confession moment. We feel really bad. God, why in the flipping world have I done what I've done? But then he's saying, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This is a holy to our Lord. Don't grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. When God gives you a revelation about the areas where you need forgiveness, reconciliation, it's a joy. It's the day of joy. We should start to celebrate because God is changing things in my life. And don't think that God is putting his finger like a police officer on you. Blaming all your time? Because in the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve, they have sinned. When they have AIDS from the apple, all of a sudden, they had a revelation. Oh, we are naked. And they start to hide themselves. Here's a picture when they hide themselves. (laughs) They hide themselves. When God saw that, And here is the characteristics of God. When God sees that we feel blamed. You know what God is doing? He killed an animal. He took a four and he covered them with a four. And that's the image of God. God will never blame you. God is the one who protects you. Because the word Yom Kippur just literally means cover, conceal, conceal. Covering the head. Yom Kippur means covering. What God is doing all the times when we fail, God is covering our sins. What does the devil? He blames us all the times. You have done this and that. And let's go into Yom Kippur about the Old Testament. What the high priest has done every year. And here's an amazing nugget. Because they had like two goats and one goat they sacrificed in the temple and the second goat they used and kicked them into the wilderness as a symbolic, the sins from the people, he will carry them out far as way as possible. And here is one small little detail. Every year the priest take a tread of scarlet put it on the horn of the goat, on two both goats. And this thread of scarlet had an amazing profound message for the people of God. The priest lay his hand on this goat and says, all the sins of the people of God I lay on you. And then the journey started. They pushed the goat into the wilderness far away. A cliff to a cliff, and then they saw the cliff. They kicked the gold over the cliff, and the gold died. And they came back and said, I have seen the gold has carried away our sins, it's not in the people of God anymore, it's far away. And there was a moment they waited for the priest because he was in the holy of the holy, and they waited because the Yom Kippur moment was the day we're looking forward that God is covering our sins. And then year after year, the priest came out with a white
1: thread. And there was celebration, yeah, God has forgiven our sins. He covered, oh, come on. Yes, 10 days, I fasted the praise. It's forgiven, it's covered, come on. And year by year,
0: a miracle took place that the thread of scarlet changed into white. No rabbi could explain you why this thread changed from red into white. A year later, they came together, Yom put the same thing again, the thread of scarlet on the horn. The priest said, all the sins, all the failures of the people of God will lay on you. And now, please God, take the sin away as symbolic picture. One day there will be a Messiah. He will carry the sin away from us on a clip. And the journey started again. Come on. They walked they kicked him out in the wilderness where is the clip a symbolic for the Messiah and here's the clip and they kicked him over the clip and the goat died and they came back they came back they came back year after year and they said I have seen the goat died we kicked him over a clip and they waited again for the priest because he was in the holy of the holy. Will God forgive, cover our sins again? Will the thread of scarlet turn into white again? And then the priest came out from the holy of the holy and the thread
1: of was white again and the people celebrated, come on, God has forgiven us again and again. Woo, celebration.
0: Year after year, for thousands of years, this was always the same thing. And no priest could explain you why the threat of scarlet changed into white. It's a miracle in the Yom Kippur Festival. Thousands of years it worked. But there was one year, the game changed forever. It started again, like year after year. The priest put the thread of red scarlet on the horn. He lay his hand on the goat again. Said, All the failures, all the mistakes, all the sins of the people of God will lay on you. And the journey started again. They kicked him into the wilderness. They called the cliff to the cliff. We will not kill you. This is a prophetic sign that Messiah will take away our sins. And they kicked him over the cliff and he died. And they roamed back. They came back.
1: They came back. They said, we have seen the goat kill it. He took away
0: symbolic, prophetically everything what we have done the last year. But then they waited. And said, "Where is the priest? Why is so quiet? They could not hear anything. And every year they were under shock: Will God forgive us? Yes or no? Will the threat of scarlet turn into white? Yes or no? But this year, they waited, and waited." and waited and nothing happened they know if the priest does one mistake God will not forgive us if God will not forgive us what we have done the last year we are lost Yom Kippur was not just just a party come on God will forgive us it's easy every year they were under tension but this year Where is the priest? And all of a sudden, what never happened before? That day, thousands of years, it worked. But in that year, the priest came out from the holy of the holy. And a thread of scarlet was still red. the people were shocked.
1: What, God? Why? We need Yom Kippur. We need the moment where you cover our sins.
0: That day, it changed everything in history. I want to read it from Talmud. Rosh Hashanah 31 verse B. Originally used to fast the threat of scarlet on the door of the temple court, on the outside if it turned white the people used to rejoice and if it didn't turn to white they were sad for 40 years before the destruction of the temple the dread of scarlet never turned white but it remained red what's happened? that day when the priest came out with the red scarlet. A lot of Jewish people don't forget the message that that here, there was a guy, he died on the cliff. He was killed on a cliff. His name is Jesus Christ. And that year, when that miracle stopped, it was a message for all the believers, for all the Jewish people, they know the word of God. There will come a day when this Yom Kippur comes to an end. It will come to an end that God covers our sins year by year. It will come a season, it will done for all one sacrifice for all and no more. And Jesus Christ, He died. That year on the cross. And that miracle stopped forever and ever and ever and ever. No more killing. No more goat, No more Kippur. That means for you and me, forgiveness once for all. I want to close with receive the forgiveness. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Jesus is saying one day the Messiah will come and he turns everything in life into white, into forgiveness, once for all, no more. Matthew chapter 27 verse 15-51 And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, He gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the priest went to the Holy of Holy, it was open for all ages, for all time. The earth shocked and the rock split You know what has changed that year? And I want to end this message with a profound illustration. God is not covering your sins year by year, and you have to be in tension if God is forgiving you. Always, in the end of Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, some Jewish people they took a piece of paper, wrote down all the sins, all the failures, all the mistakes on this paper. And certain people, they went to a basket of water and they asked that one day the Messiah will come and Messiah will take my sins. And now please watch. When the Messiah will come, it will be vanished. It's no more. It's forgiven. It's vanished. You can't see it anymore. Yom Kippur was year by year, got covered for one year. You were not sure if God is forgiving you or not. But in the year 30, when Jesus died, that's the miracle took place in your life. You are forgiven. You are cleansed. Jesus takes your sins. He draws into the deepest sea. It vanished. It's no more. It's done all forever. This is Yom Kippur. I want to close with this prayer. What I like about the Jewish festivals, they take they spend 10 days a year to reflect the life to God. I said, my wife, we're spending a lot of vacation, but we are, I've never spent 10 days a year, year by year, reflecting my life. Just that's my vacation. And I want to close with a prayer right now because I believe certain people here, you have never given your life to Christ, certain people, you're backstage in Christian, certain people, you've done certain things in your life, and you don't still believe in your heart that Jesus came to vanish to forgive it's no more and I want to pray right now a prayer for those people and then I want to ask the Holy Spirit in the celebration to give you a revelation a recognition maybe you have you recognize certain areas in your life right now you need change You need healing. You need transformation. And I believe when we seek the Holy Spirit, He will talk to us in a profound, amazing way. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Let's close our eyes for a moment. And I believe there are people right now, you're here, you're not not in peace with God. You are backslidden Christians. You're not born again. And before I pray with the whole congregation, with the whole church, I want to give you an invitation of Jesus Christ. It's simpler than you think. You're only one prayer away to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And please, if this is your decision right now, then just say, dear Jesus, thank you for my unique life. I have sinned. I have failed. Please forgive me. I receive your forgiveness and I lay my life into your hands. Lead me and guide me. Protect me and bless me. I am yours forever. The Bible says when you pray this prayer, you're born again, you belong to the family of God. And now I want to ask the whole congregation, I want to ask you for a revelation of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, please speak to me right now. Talk to me. If there are areas in my life, are things, issues in my life, you want to change, you want to clean, you want to bless right now, please give me a revelation. Let's be quiet for a moment because I love when the body of Christ in the church is listening to the whispering voices of the Holy Spirit. He will talk. We have ears to hear, a heart to receive the life-changing Word. Just hear. Heaven is open. I hear. Spirit of God speak to me. We are not perfect and God hasn't sent the Holy Spirit to judge us. He has sent us to equip us to empower us. He is a helper, a comforter. He surrounds us. We are able with him to understand what God is on God's heart. It's a moment of revelation right now. And I want to ask you a second thing. Let's ask God right now to turn our weaknesses into our strength. Let's ask God boldly, bravely, to intervene with signs and miracles with anointings we've prayed to god can see god can hear god can sense god is not far away he's right now here when two people are together in the name of god he is here god is moving god is changing god is healing god equips i want to ask you right now ask God. speak to god cry out right now because this is a day of joy we
1: celebrate the goodness of god the miracles of god the signs of god when god comes with signs and miracles we are not quiet we are crying in our soul we are